Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and two beers or two more beers. That is the question. That is the quest, son. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are doing uh, more Shakespeare and reading Hamlet. It's our final Shakespeare. Fucking thank God. Um, Which has a much longer title. The drama of Hamlet, and if anything happens outside of his head, a tragedy or whatever the, the what tragedy are, the of title? Hamlet, comma Prince of Denmark, and uh, yeah, so we're doing that and uh, starting with a beer. I'll start with one because I'm thirsty. I haven't had a beer in minutes, and we're recording this somewhere around National Beer Day on National Beer Day, which is uh, any day in my house. Uh, and this beer is from Evil Twin, New York City, and it's called Rista Rista Pina Colada. And Rista Rista is Danish for shake. And this takes place in Denmark. And that's all I needed to have to connect this. Uh, it is a milkshake IPA brewed with milk sugar. Shake. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, shake. <laughs> Strong notes of shake. Uh, it's brewed with milk sugar, vanilla, pineapple, and coconut. And comes and sabro hops, which is a, probably the perfect hop for this kind of beer because it has such a, like a tropical, almost cantaloupe kind of flavor. And uh, 7.5% alcohol. And God damn it, that is, that is pretty damn close to a real pina colada. That is, that is awesome. And uh, I need to lay down now. <laughs> right. uh, so this is, uh, uh, we've, we've done a whole bunch of Shakespeare now. And if you, uh, as people have asked us to, I don't know why, uh, but here we are. They never will again. We did all the important ones. Well, there's a few other big ones if someone wants to not actually read for their class. <laughs> Those two gentlemen of Verona need our help, guys. Well, this one is about Hamlet, or the what pig. I'm going to call my teacup pig when I get one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it is considered Shakespeare perhaps best play, and therefore the best play ever. I, I, was, I was trying to read things like to understand why this is such a big deal, and there's reasons that make sense, but basically critics seem to think this is his best play. Like that's, that's a pretty wide, widely had con, uh, opinion. Better than Wicked? It's like Hamlet, <laughs> Cats. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Mamma Mia, Macbeth. <laughs> it's a terrible list. Uh, Urinetown. <laughs> that was a musical <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, Avenue Q. Av- Avenue Q was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, so it's, around, it's up there. Uh, <laughs> it's up there. It's just below Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, so, so the plot is actually... You know, I have to say, I was annoyed to have to read this because I didn't like reading any of the other ones either. This is probably the most straightforward, I think, in terms of plot, like the easiest to understand for me because it's like I read I read a synopsis first, which was a smart move. And then I read it and I was like, oh, all right, I get what's happening. At least I get the action, the psychological drama analysis parts. I don't know if I get any of that shit at all, but at least I followed it as opposed to like... Midsummer Night's Dream, when I was fucking confused most of it. This was this was decently followable for me. Well, I knew it from high school already, so but I did before I read it actually watch. Um, I went and watched a movie version first, and then I read it, so that helped. Well, I've I've actually never seen a movie version of it. I should I, I want to watch one now. I watched the Kenneth Branagh version from night from nineteen ninety six. It's four hours long. Do they do the whole thing? Basically, they do the whole fucking thing. I don't think they cut anything at all. 
Maybe a tiny bit, but probably not. Four hours is too long. I watched the I didn't watch it two all and a half hour Lawrence Olivier version from 1948, and that felt too Did long. He won the Oscar for that, damn it. It won like all the Oscars, but two and a half hours is a long time, but it's nothing compared to four hours. It's like watching that twice. Almost. That's how math works, yeah. Yeah, close well, enough. It is Shakespeare's longest play, so, you know. Felt like it. <laughs> And there, it exists in multiple versions, and there's all sorts of fucking theories about scenes that were... You mean like different written well, versions? Well, there's different... You know, part of the problem with Shakespeare, besides it that sucks, is that the existing texts are pretty limited to basically just like the first folio and shit that was all collected after he was already dead. Yeah, none of it was published while he was alive. So there are multiple versions of a lot of his plays that... You know, are pretty ob- obviously recognizable as the same play and, you know, largely the same dialogue, but sometimes they have, you know, minor discrepancies and other times they have like entire scenes removed or entire scenes added. And Hamlet exists in a couple of different versions. And there's sort of this theory or posited other form, like the Ur the Hamlet, like the earlier version of Hamlet. Like that's literally <laughs> what it's called that may have existed. Before that, Shakespeare may have written like a different Hamlet play, and then like he totally redid it to make this Hamlet. It, 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 that's the sort of shit for an English PhD to really care about. Um, but there are a lot of different scenes that were taken out and put back in. So the version I read of this, which is like the Oxford Shakespeare edition or some bullshit, uh, had a whole bunch of extra scenes just like tacked on. Didn't read them. It was like if he cut him, I don't want the director's cut of this. It's fine. I don't know which one I read. <sighs> Doesn't matter. It's, it's fine. The plot's the same. The plot doesn't change. It's, just, it's, it's like any other director's cut of a movie. Like, oh, here's an extra scene of the meeting hamburgers. Cool. I can see why they cut okay. this. <laughs> so the play takes place in Denmark, obviously. The first scene is of two guards, and they think they see a ghost, but they're not really sure. They totally see a ghost. Well, like, that hey, comes, it's they, a ghost. The ghost definitely shows up later, but at first they're like... What what the hell is that? They're just kind of like, whoa, this is this is weird. Anyway, and the guy's like, I thought it was you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hamlet shows up, and he's well, he he actually doesn't show up kind of right away. But the the main plot going on is that Hamlet is the son of the king of Denmark, but the king has just died, and when Hamlet has arrived, he's found out that his father's brother is now king, but he's already married his mother. So, they have so like in the space succession? of... By the, by the time... Well, what is the term for it? I knew you would know the term. Agnatic is one Ag- that's the ghost to the same generation and not to the son of the... That's a real word? Oh, yeah, as opposed to Oh, this is for king's shit. This isn't like when you're... This isn't an incest word. It's... That's just nice. No, because he's very he's very into like the idea that this is incest, but it's really not. It's just kind of creepy and douchey. It's something Henry VIII did, <laughs> like just just in in like Henry VIII married his brother's widow, his brother who was supposed to be the king. Like that's, that, I'm sure this is a veiled. This must be. It can't be coincidence. Like this happened either in Shakespeare's lifetime or just before it. Pl- plenty of different. Plenty of different kingdoms at the time used this form of succession. I don't think England did, though, except in no. the case of Henry VIII, because Henry VIII clearly did whatever the fuck he wanted. And he was a big guy who was obsessed with ham, and they let him do it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you read that this is based on like a 
I'm not making this up. A earlier like collect, I don't know if it's a Scottish story or Welsh or something, of the story of Amleth, like which is like another king, <laughs> just like dyslexic. It's Hamlet, Hamlet in in Pig Latin. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh okay, <laughs> cleverly <laughs> hidden code there, Billy. <laughs> They'll never get this. But uh, yeah, so the, he finds his his uncle is now his his dad in law or something. Yeah, <laughs> so his uncle has become stepdad. king, and his fa- and his mother has already married him, even though it's really only been about two months. And in Hamlet has only just arrived back because he was away at basically college or the equivalent of college at the time. And he thinks this is very strange and he's very unhappy. I mean, obviously you're going to be sad when your dad dies and stuff like that. But he's like, this is just bizarre. Then he's, he's after he's out sort of like brooding, a ghost comes to visit him. And it's the ghost of his father. And his, the ghost of his father is about to tell him, tells him that his uncle, who's now king, actually killed his father and, and to marry his mother and become king. And that is going to... But all of this is very strange. And I have a beer for this. Doesn't he kind of say that the, the mom was in on it too? Yes. And the mom was a trifling bitch. So when the ghost he, first shows up... Wouldn't, kind of hinted. Don't you, do you think Hamlet maybe thought it was all a optical illusion? It, it, it must have been. Yeah. How could he think it was anything else? This is Hoptical Illusion by Blue Point. This is a 7% uh, East Coast IPA. That's what it says. East Coast IPA. Though definitely of the bitter hoppy kind and not a New England IPA. Oh, yeah. It's, it's old school. Yeah. I mean, they've old, been making that for very at old. least... 15 years, probably. That beer's been around. Yeah. 15. Must be. Damn. Close to it. I remember drinking it when I was 21, and I, since I'll be 34 by the time this episode comes out, it's it wasn't brand new that when it came when I had it. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's no illusion that it's very bitter. But, you know, Ooh. if you like that kind of thing, it's pretty Hop nice. Hop to it and buy one. <laughs> if you like it. Say, no? Okay. We should say, by the way, our, these beers are brought to us by our Loyal supporters of Patreon, the coolest people we know, frankly. And they if you like for to, this episode, they did. They voted. They get ready to read some names. Uh, <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you want to support the podcast, you could head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club, where you could, you know, give us some money. And in return for that, get all sorts of things like voting in the book, uh, monthly book poll that picks this episode, uh, this, well, this book, uh, you know, from our choices. But, you know, that's close enough. We also do take suggestions from our patrons very seriously. Uh, you could get early access to our episodes, and you get exclusive content, and even physical goods we will send out to people. In fact, I have to make a note to send something out just, just after we record this, because they deserve it, damn it. But most importantly for today, they get their name shouted out on this book poll podcast. So, Nate, who are those fine people? I'd like to thank Travis, Brent, Matt, Doug, Russell, Tyler, Catherine, Colton, Aldog, Stephen, Nick, Dustin, Joe, Crab, Michael, Daniel, Amir, Hayden, Mariano, Emotional Support Burrito, CL, and Mike Clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> not even. Or not Mike Clitoris. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> very, <laughs> very generous $10 patron. <laughs> Dude, you don't know. One of those well, two. I guess, I guess we hit their spot. 
apparently it can be found uh, <laughs> <laughs> over at our Patreon. <laughs> we should note, just for listeners, and, and our super fan who is responsible for this knows exactly what's happening. They just put a different ridiculous name. This is a, this is an actual patron puts a ridiculous different fake name each month that enforces Nate to say it. <laughs> and since he's paying us, we're not going to stop Nate from saying it. It's just ah, <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> Back to this play. So he sees his dad's ghost, and he's like, "Yo, my brother poured a bunch of poison in my ear," which is. Honestly, a weird way to go, but <laughs> apparently it worked in the old days. And uh, he's like, go kill him. Also, he said that every day, as a ghost, he's burning for all the crimes he committed. Like, does that mean he was a bad guy? Everyone talks about what a good king he was, but apparently he did a lot of bad shit. If he's in hell during the day, but he gets nights off. I don't know, I guess. He gets like sort of the equivalent of conjugal visits. <laughs> he's like wreck time. <laughs> this, this is the time of the yard. Yeah. <laughs> I could be lifting weights, Hamlet. <laughs> I need you to avenge me. <laughs> so he uh, goes and he tells his friends, like, there's some bad shit, ha- shit happening. And they're like, yeah, w- we know. We brought you here, dude. And he's like, I could tell you what's going on, but I need you to promise not to tell anybody. Okay. He's like, I really don't think you guys get how much I need you to, like, pinky swear that you won't tell anybody. It's like three pages of them pinky swearing that they won't tell and, anybody. And the ghost every once in a while just from beneath the <laughs> stage, she's like, swear. It's With like, the both pinkies. <laughs> no crossed fingers. Check, he's crossing a toe. No back seas. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the whole plot of the play is Hamlet passive aggressively trying to kill his uncle and complaining pretty much the whole time. And kind of going crazy, but I'm never well, 100% sure he's actually going crazy or if he's just being a, a, an emo bitch. I think, well, in the introduction to the version that I read this time, it said that this play is liked so much because it's not black and white, it's gray. And you kind of either don't know what's going on or you don't know what's right and wrong. Like at first, you know, Cam, after he finds out from the ghost that, you know, his father, his uncle killed his father, he's acting like he's crazy. But is he is he actually crazy? Is he actually mad? Or is he only acting like it in order to like provoke a response? And why is he doing that? And then he seems like he's acting crazy. Polonius tells his daughter Ophelia to like, stop stop talking to him. Guy. Yeah, it's, Polonius is like the him. main the main advisor who's totally a who's a total windbag is the way I would describe him. He had a lot of beans. <laughs> Just I didn't know how much the Danes liked lentils, but <laughs> <laughs> pulleth thy finger. <laughs> Polonius' daughter Ophelia also grew up sort of in the palace, and I guess Hamlet and Ophelia were in love before he went away to college, or at least he boned her. Man, get that impression. He totally banged her. Yeah, and then so Polonius says, "Well, he's acting crazy. Why don't you just like stay away from him for a while?" So she does. But then he's really mad at her, except is he mad because he's mad at her, or is he mad because his uncle killed his father and his mother married his uncle? And you kind of you kind of don't know. And there's all the stuff about two side characters named Rosencrantz and Guildenstern uh, actually are just kind of do some random things and eventually try and bring Hamlet to England, but that's at the end. But however, there is a famous play that was then made into a movie called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Are Dead, 
which is Hamlet told from their perspective. And Hamlet only uh, randomly comes into the plot sometimes, but Rosencrantz and Guildenstern kind of do weird things. But anyway, it's also very, very strange. That's an absurdist play. It is quite absurd. And the movie of it stars uh, Gary Oldman. He is, is one of them. No. I, can I forget see which one. I've never seen the movie. I read, I read that in college, like in a, or maybe late high school even, in a uh, pretentious phase that I never quite got gotten out of uh, book club. <laughs> Is and, it a phase at this point? <laughs> <laughs> but I read it having not read Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this? It has. Well, we, we'd have well, read Fool and never read King Lear. I read King Lear bef- to to read Fool actually when oh. I when I read it the first time. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I saw King Lear and then I read Fool. I saw the name King Lear in the book <laughs> Fool. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rosencrantz Guildenstern did confusing and weird be- just because it's an absurdist play. But then, based if you don't know the thing it's mocking and interacting with, it makes it really confusing. But it just had a lot of like funny stuff. Uh, the only thing I really remember is just they spend a tremendous amount of the play flipping a coin, and I forget if it keeps landing heads or tails. And the, it's just a million times it's landing one of those two, and the other guy's like, "It can't keep doing this. Let's do it again." Like that's, I was like, "What the fuck is this? Is a weird thing?" But it's like a Beckett play. Uh, oh, totally, totally. I am sure that that was an inspiration. Uh, like waiting for Godot was an inspiration. Like how could like how could what the fuck are their names in uh, estrogen and uh, what are their names uh, in no uh, Ast- Tara- Tarragon Tarragon <laughs> and Tara Reed? What are their names in uh, waiting for Godot? I'm gonna look it up and pretend I knew. It's, it's Vla- Vladimir and Escarol. <laughs> Close. Escargo. What is it, Nate? Aragorn. It's Aragorn. It's, Ar- it's I gotta be Aragorn. <laughs> oh, I didn't actually look them up. It's Vladimir and Estragon. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, back to the Hamlet, <laughs> the real Hamlet. While Hamlet is going back and forth between being crazy and just angry, a troop of actors shows up that Hamlet seems to already know. And Hamlet tells them, oh, okay, you're going to put on a play for the king, and but I'm going to write it for you, or at least I'm going to write this one scene. And in this one scene, you're going to reenact a king who gets killed by his brother, and then the queen marries him. You're basically going to reenact what the, like, the actual murder, according to, uh, according to the, what the ghost said. And while you and while so that he can watch the real king and queen and see how what their reaction is, like in what they do. So, the 14th century Danish lie detector. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm gonna watch him really close and see if his pupils dilate. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'll know for sure that that it wasn't just an imaginary man who told me this. There's a 50 50 shot at this point still. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, they put on the play and. The king kind of freaks out. Actually, the king and queen, they both kind of freak out. He blows the test. Just yeah, bombs hard. Totally fails. Could it be that he just is a terrible timing to have diarrhea? He's like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> oh, what's happening? Oh, no. <laughs> He's Dysentery. been like, drinking parties for weeks now and just probably just eating just a lot of pork or something. He probably, it probably was a <laughs> rank ass castle. Ass Castle. Oh, it wasn't Ass Castle. By the way, can I say this? This play had some of my favorite 
uh, I, I kind of wanted to, to play a game with you. Is this the name of a, is this a, a phrase that appears in Hamlet or a dream theater song? <laughs> there are a lot of things like... There are a lot of like famous lines that get used in a lot of other things. Oh, well. yeah. Like, there's more things in heaven and hell than in our philosophy, dreamt of in our philosophy and yeah. all sorts of shit. But uh, shows of grief, I highlighted that line. I was like, that's definitely a death metal album, as is Suits of Woe <laughs> <laughs> and A Fault Against the Dead <laughs> is at least a song on that album. Sequel, that's a secret to, uh, sequel to uh, Fault in Their Stars, right? Uh, yeah, Fault in... Oh, man, spoiler. <laughs> that quote is actually from Julius Caesar. The oh, title of A Fault in Our Stars go. is actually a quote from Julius Caesar. That and the part in the book where she's like, don't stab me 41 times. It just took me once. I'm a virgin. Um, solemn, what about the most famous line? Uh, to be or not to be, or am I? <laughs> This is am I? I don't know how it's A M A I. I'm pronouncing pronouncing it M I for this thing, but <laughs> this uh, also has many many ways this relates to this play. This is from Drowned Lands Brewery, which uh, comes into play later, and it's a Belgian strong ale. Belgium is close to Denmark, <laughs> <laughs> and it's aged sort of. in a fodder. Sort of, yeah. Faux faux. <laughs> God damn it. 10.8% daddy aged beer. <laughs> Such oh my best. god. So so Jimmy, does it does it smell like daddy? <laughs> it's just, it's daddy strong. Does it make you say daddy? Oh daddy, yeah. It's it's rich. It's pretty rich. <laughs> oh man, that's another great name we need to use in the future. <laughs> Daddy Strong? No, so... <laughs> was it Rich Coxmel? <laughs> oh, uh, Rich Coxmel. C-O-X-M-E-L-L. <laughs> Coxmel? <laughs> oh, Rich Coxmel. You know, it's got... Yeah. It's pungent. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so, this is Drowned Land, which is, I guess... There's things that says New York in there, but it's pretty hard to read, but I'm going to say New York. Uh, there's a new one for us, at least it's not on the list anywhere, but it's pretty good and it's Belgian strong and I haven't had a good Belgian in a long time. Yeah, they're in upstate New York. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. And it's strong in both flavor and alcohol. I don't know, um, what it tastes like if it wasn't aged inside of a daddy. Fodor is just a oak barrel, essentially. (laughs) I don't know where Warwick, New York is. Is that by like upstate somewhere? Willow, New York. <laughs> Who's that guy? It's, it's near Davis, New York. Yeah, <laughs> it's by Ewok, New York. <laughs> they have uh, very old. He's been everywhere, man. Uh, I don't know where this place is. I'll have to try to go there one day. But well, this like one it. is good. I I don't think I've ever seen another one of theirs. Doesn't look familiar now. Motherfuckers don't. And I don't know what don't my ship. is supposed to be, but. It was close enough for Hamlet, and I wanted to drink this beer, so I made it work. We'll accept it. Judge, judges rule. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It's good. <laughs> so he's having all sorts of uh, really long, dramatic soliloquies, uh, whining. Well, you were alluding to the, the famous one. The famous one. Because he's, he's, he wants to kill his uncle, but he also doesn't really want to do anything. He mostly just wants to complain. 
So he's complaining all the time, and I don't remember what the fuck happens next. Okay, so he does his to be or not to be speech, and he um, and the king and Polonius are like listening behind an heiress, whatever the fuck that is. It's like a panel or like a thing, and they're just sort of hiding and listening. And then like Ophelia a comes tapestry, in, I guess, or something. and and Hamlet says, "I don't love you. Get thee to a nunnery." And does that whole uh, speech. And then Hamlet goes to see his mom. Nice. This is after the... After the <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, she's easy. He, well, she's in the movie I saw, she... he kisses her on the mouth all the time. His mom. Well, they use that line all the time. Was, I kiss thee on the mouth. It's it weird. time. So he goes to see his mom and yells at her, like really like screams at her. But uh, at that point, Polonius... What are you, a millennial? Don't touch your parents like that. (laughs) Polonius was hiding behind another heiress, but he makes a noise or does something, and Hamlet is like, oh, there's somebody spying on me, thinks it's the king. He literally... And then stabs into the heiress and kills whoever it is that's standing there, which was Polonius. So at this point, Hamlet has killed Polonius. And then the king is, and then the king is really angry. Obviously, would I don't I don't know why they don't just like arrest Hamlet for murder, but apparently because he's the fucking prince. Yeah, they, they had to put I him guess. up for like trial by ordeal, probably. Or some it probably bullshit. wasn't even cops back then. There were no police officers. No, it was no, the prince no. killed someone. Like, oh well. Well, you'd have to like you'd have much. to go like petition the lord and like this man wronged me, and they're like, all right, pay your taxes, peasant. I don't care. <laughs> so what what happens after that is the king sends Hamlet to England and sends uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to murder him. with him to like with him and he's going to sort of like you know dispose of him I guess but also not quite because he's going to come back but it's and no, so, he he tricks them Ham, Hamlet does a and switcheroo. so Hamlet does go at first he hides Polonius's body but then he um he does he does leave and. Ophelia goes crazy. Ophelia's brother, named Laertes, gets, like, really, really angry. And they sort of um, come up with this plot, which is going to happen in the final scene, where Laertes is going to duel. But cheat. Uh, it's duel Hamlet, but he's gonna, but Laertes is going to put poison on his sword so that even if he gets even just one strike, he, he, Hamlet will die. So, And there's more to that that will come at the end. Would you say um, that that poison, which occurs quite often in this place, so I could have had it at any point, but, you know, I'm thirsty, is a type of evil water? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> i got to get rid of these. Uh, it's a lot of poisoning, and there's more to come, but um, this is evil water, uh, maple. Uh, it is a pastry seltzer fermented on maple syrup by Evil Twin New York City. It's just Maple? It's very straightforward. I mean, if you look at it, you'd think it was just like Canadian flavored. <laughs> if you look at the can. <laughs> it tastes just... like hockey. Oh, is, is, is this Molson? <laughs> it tastes <laughs> like snow. Oh, I guess it might. Hmm. It tastes like moose. <laughs> That's not good. It tastes like me. It's actually quite nice. Like um, It's kind of like, remember mad, mad Long Ago? What was it for the fucking Overstory? Where we did that like maple tree sap tree water thing? Yeah. It tastes like that, but it has booze in it, so it's better. Uh, I kind of like this. Sea water was non-alcoholic, right? I'm pretty sure it was non-alcoholic. When this came out, they had also made a version with lemon, which is a weird combination: maple syrup and lemon. Doesn't really. Not the kind I would never. I wouldn't think to put those together. They ended up never selling it. They just threw it out 
because they Ooh. tried it. Like I guess they they never. I guess at like a, at many breweries they don't actually do pilot batches of every single beer. They kind of go, like, oh, let's just take this recipe and tweak it this way or that. And it's like, oh, that'll be cool. And then they tasted it, and the person told me, yeah, they said it tasted more like pine salt than <laughs> maple Ooh. lemon seltzer. It's so never just, a word you want to use when regarded flavor. No. So uh, I was actually really annoyed. I was like, oh, when, when's that maple lemon thing happening? And they're like, yeah, we threw that out. Oh, what if fuck. you just squeeze a lemon into that thing? I could. I could. I have those like little des- uh, lemon powder packets. I could just dump one in, and then I could use this to clean something in my house probably. Uh, <laughs> probably won't be sticky forever. <laughs> but it will be disinfected. Yeah. Anyway, back to the play. So Hamlet's ship gets attacked by pirates or something like that. Yeah, and they turn and back. And Hamlet manages to kind of escape and make his way back to Denmark instead of going to England. And when he gets back to Denmark, he's sort of in hiding, I guess. But anyway, he, he shows up. Well, first, uh, he shows up and he sees like a gravedigger and he like talks to the gravedigger. And this is the famous scene where he's got the skull where the gravedigger is literally digging the grave. And it's like, clearly they ran out of room for graves because they're just digging up an old grave. It's efficient. Exactly. You know, Denmark's not dig- big. They're, the grave digger is digging up an old grave, and he takes out the skull. And we only have room for the Great Danes. <laughs> <laughs> and the grave digger says, you know who that is? That's Yorick, the king's jester, uh, the king's old jester. And he's been dead 21 years. And Hamlet goes, you know, poor Yorick. I knew him, Horatio, at... Uh, Famous line, he's holding the skull and looking directly at the skull. This is where Infinite Jest, the book, I was, was going to ask comes that. From this. A fellow of Infinite Jest. It's, well, that's where the title of that comes from. Indeed. Um, and then they find out, and then the, the, the funeral party shows up, and it's Ophelia's. It's Ophelia's funeral because she went crazy, and then she killed herself. That or she just fell in a stream by accident and her clothes were so heavy that she died. It was one of those two. There were a lot of clothes. I think probably this play being so melodramatic that now she just she just killed herself. She was just so sad. Well, Laertes is like, what are we doing here? Let's do the thing. And the priest is like, well, she killed herself, so I don't give a fuck of her, about her. So let's throw her in a pit and we're not going to give a prayer or nothing. He's like, that's kind of mean. He's like, well, God hates her. And then he gets into a fight with Hamlet. He shows up like, hey, I like that lady. And then so Laertes is like, motherfucker, you have killed my whole family. Which he kind of has. Yeah, that's kind of a true, kind of a true statement. It's kind of a dick um, move, Hammy. <laughs> First, you, what's the deal, Hamlet? You porked my sister. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're trying to shank, and you shanked my dad. Shank is a pig product. Well, he's also, uh, she was over the moon about ha- about his hammy. Hammy? Remember Moon Over My Hammy? Moon Over My Ammy? No. <laughs> what is Moon Over My Hammy? Moon over, moon over My Hammy, isn't that like the ham and egg sandwich from Denny's? <laughs> Jeez, that is a very specific <laughs> reference. <laughs> How much Denny's did you eat? Since I think they have it other places. I just know it exists at Denny's. Oh, my God. Denny's once. I feel like I've heard of this. It's a real thing. It's a ham and egg sandwich. Oh, it's a fantastic name. It should be a thing everywhere. I (laughs) I never thought of it. That's amazing. Moon over Miami would be a great version with cocaine in it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I could just, just keep eating any, these. <laughs> just any sandwich with cocaine. You could just call it that. Yeah. This tastes numb. <laughs> the unfortunate thing about this play is between Hamlet's death, uh, between um, Ophelia's death, uh, when, when Polonius dies, oh. and then, and then uh, Hamlet ends up getting back to Denmark and doing this thing just before the final duel, is like an hour of the play. It's like an entire hour or more. At least it was in the Kenneth Branagh version. There's just so much. It's like, holy shit, oh my God. Just like get back to it. The version I saw cut almost all of that. Yeah, well, that was smart. They cut out Rosencrantz and Guildenstern entirely. They're not in the play. That's fine too. <laughs> they don't really serve a purpose. They, they don't. And they cut out um, the entire Fortinbras Norway thing, which also doesn't matter. Well, how'd they end it then? That's just like a way to wrap it up. Yeah. He dies. They just, everyone dies, and, and he's like, like, oh, the end? Because he's like dying anyway. And Fort yeah, he dies, like, and the guy just, ne- Fortinbras just never comes in. And the uh, Coratio is like, good night, sweet prince. <laughs> and he farts, and it ends. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laertes is really pissed because Hamlet has killed his entire family. Rightfully so. So he hatches a plot with uh, new daddy uh, Claudius, <laughs> whose only name his name is only mentioned in the character list at the beginning. They just call him King the rest of the time. And also Hamlet's dad was also named Hamlet. That was confusing sometimes. Well, it was just Ham. Uh, he's like the biblical Big character. Ham. Virginia Ham. <laughs> God damn you. And my brother, Spiral. (laughs) (laughs) And my sister, Honey Glazed. (laughs) None of these names are very Danish. And my cousin, Spam. (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk about him. He's been disinherited. (laughs) He's a soft boy. He's all salty about it. (laughs) (laughs) He had a job, but he got canned. Anyway... So Laertes and Claudius give a plot to each other. They're like, hey, I'm going to duel him. And the king's like, yeah, I want you to kill him so I can fuck his mom. And he's like, you're already doing that. It's like, I don't care. I still want to do it. And he's, he's harsh in my buzz. So I'm going to try and poison him. He's like, I'm also going to try and poison him. So they're both going to try and poison him by a cup or by poisoning a sword. Even though in the old days, if you got a cut, you might have died anyway. He probably didn't need to poison it. <laughs> it's pretty true. Yeah, but they don't want to. They don't want to take any chances. Like, yeah, just in case Hamlet somehow pokes the other guy first, he'll he'll definitely want to you know chug some wine in between thrusts. There, um, making it sound very sexual now, but it's a weird duel. It's like it's like a first blood duel with three rounds, but it's like best two out of three. I don't really know. The rules are not very clear. But everyone seems to understand them when they get when they get it going. So when they actually start the duel, um, Hamlet, no, Hamlet is just better. Like he's just he's just better. Oh at yeah. It. Um, and I think the first uh, the point uh, oh they wanted to let Hamlet get the first strike in you know a the first palpable hit, so that the king could go ah well here is a have a cup of wine that I just. Can dropped this pearl into as a reward, but it's poisoned. Hamlet goes, "Oh no, no, no! Let me let me do a few more rounds first. And so they do a few more rounds. Yeah, just chug this, and in a few weeks, you'll get your reward when you pass it. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're welcome. Decide that like we're just gonna do a we're just gonna do a few more a few more a few more bouts a few more rounds. So he does that, and then Hamlet wins like a second one, wins like a third one, wins a bunch of them, and then after one of them, his mother Gertrude picks up the cup and is like, "Well, that was so amazing, Hamlet. Let's drink to your health." And then she drinks it, but the f- king says nothing. The king does it, tries to say before she drinks it. Wait. Don't drink that right now, but she does it anyway, and just and so basically the king has instead poisoned poisoned his wife, but he doesn't say anything. Shakespeare likes that move. I feel like that happens in a lot of Shakespeare plays. There's someone's like, that poison wasn't for you. Oh fuck. So she's fucking dead, Gertrude. They do eventually. And then she she just sits back down because she does not gonna quite not gonna die quite that fast. And then they, Hamlet and Laertes do another few rounds, except actually um, sort of as a trick or Laertes goes and like makes sure he gets a good stab in on Hamlet. So he is actually like stabbed by the, at least a little bit by the sword. You know, it's not, it's not a bad cut or anything. It just happens to be poisoned. But then at the same moment, the whole Norwegian army attacks. Uh, and so after this big final duel where uh, Hamlet finally duels, like not just dueling Laertes and kills him. He switches the swords and he stabs him with this poison sword. He's like, gotcha, bitch. Yeah. And then finally, and then Laertes says, but it was poisoned. It was all a trick. And then Gertrude falls down. It's like, oh, she's been poisoned. You. And then he, re- Hamlet realizes it's not only is he going to die because somebody tells him, but that, you know, in that it's the king's fault. So he goes and he kills the king, and then everybody's dead. And then Fortinbras, who is the Norwegian general dude who's been pretending he's going to attack Poland this whole time, we just haven't told you that, comes in and literally is like, well, Denmark's mine now, ha-ha, and sits down. Yeah. And sits down on the throne, and then uh, it's basically the end. Takes a dump, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a weird sum up i guess i guess they couldn't just leave it as and they're all dead and the <laughs> lights turn off well, they did that in the movie and well with better. the king with the king and the king's family you know fighting with each other they couldn't hold off the enemy invasion maybe that's kind of the moral stuff like that um so we've read a whole bunch of shakespeare not only as poor children in school but now as slightly less poor adult men what do you guys think don't read it See it, sure. Don't read you it. You do get something different from it by actually reading it, though. Because if you're just listening to the words, I want to say, okay, having seen Shakespeare and sh- having seen seen movies of Shakespeare, like I did watching the Kenneth Branagh four-hour version this weekend, if you're just listening to it, you can get the idea of what's going on. But when you read it, you actually get to study the words and... The mm. words are really intricate and complex. It's complex. <laughs> complex, exactly. And you really do get wordy. <laughs> wordy. <laughs> you definitely do get more from it or get something different from it by actually studying the words. I mean, you kind of need to see it to understand what's happening. It's different. I need one more beer to think about this. Oh, fuck it. I just got to get rid of this beer. Have you ever not spilled one on yourself? Um. Yeah. Sometimes I spell them on your mother. So this is uh, <laughs> from Evil Twin NYC Brewing, and this is uh, uh, Rista Rista Strawberry, which Rista Rista is still Danish for shake, 
And uh, this is a mil- change in the last 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, just in case you forgot. <laughs> it's a callback to about 26 minutes ago. Uh, this is a- also the evil twin guy is Danish. That's, that's exactly, so you, yeah, yeah. You could have just done all evil twin, like 40 of them. Uh, well, the, I did. I did three evil twins. <laughs> uh, this is a milkshake style IPA brewed with milk sugar, vanilla, and strawberries. But this time the hops are cashmere. So it has more of a scarf-like feel to it. <laughs> I don't. Oh, this just tastes like pureed strawberry and some water. Like, there's nothing in here to make me think this is a beer. There's nothing where I get any. But there's booze in it. There right? is seven and a half percent alcohol, but there's nothing that tastes like it. It's just oh, strawberry well, juice. Well, that's evil water, isn't that? No, the, no. Um, this is this is. This oh no, is that's beer. not evil water. A, a beer oh, okay, beer. yeah. And uh, I'm trying to like rouse up the can. There's like it looks like a slushy. It looks like fucking V8 in person. Like it's like, oh, no. but like it's it's a weirdly bubbly thing, and there's chunks of like like actual, actual chunks. Oh yeah, there's actual chunks in here. Uh, so Shakespeare, I, I agree with Nate. I think Nate said better than what I what I had kind of was thinking. It's good to watch. Like, it, but so here's my question: Who the fuck is was it written for? Because it was written to be performed for a largely like not very educated or at least not super literate audience. You know, like huge part of the crowd was like poor people who had just stand there. It was written for both an uneducated audience and a very educated audience, that being the Queen and Queen Elizabeth and the other court people who were probably still this was still probably too smart for them. It it wasn't just for the common people, though they did watch it as well. Well, so he has, he's trying to do the thing of, you know, kind of, not the Shakespeare, but the kind of thing like very good children's movies do today where there's stuff for the kids and stuff for the adults. Like when you watch something like a Pixar movie, mm-hmm. there's jokes and silly things that the kids can follow and get. And then there's like another level or layer of, of material that the adults who are stuck there with the children are like, haha, that's funny. That went totally over your head, kid. But I laughed at it. I mean, I guess I guess that's maybe what makes him fucking a genius, like that he could have these stories that are interesting, and the and the words are so intricate and complex and fantastic. But you know, another thought I had: he fucking made up a shit ton of words. How the fuck are people supposed to know what that meant? <laughs> He's just making up words all the time. Well, what what he did is he took an existing word. And then it's sort of like when you t- take a noun and turn it into a verb. He did stuff like that. So the word he didn't just take random letters together, random syllables, and be like, "I here's I worded this." Well, he's not, he's <laughs> oh, not which, Robo Doll. By the way, I just turned a noun into a verb by saying I worded it. I worded you verbed it. it. I, verbed, I verbed it exactly. Um. So, I mean, the words weren't entirely un- entirely unknown. He just used it in a new form. That's more what happened. But he still knew a shit ton of words. Like, there's, it seems still inconceivable after reading Hamlet that did people back then even know all the words in Hamlet besides Shakespeare? Probably not. That's, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, clearly. One, one of the theories or one of the pieces of evidence of the conspiracy theory that Shakespeare wasn't actually one person is that if you add up the vocabulary word, the number of vocabulary words in all of Shakespeare's plays, it far exceeds what pretty much anybody knows. Like the number of like distinct vocabulary words that people know. Shakespeare would have been on like the upper 0.1% 
like genius level. Like, how do you know all those words? I mean, maybe it's because he was just inventing them, but it's the kind of thing where if you look at all of them, nobody knows that many. Look that up, or sure. he, okay. if he did, he was in the upper, upper, you know, fifth standard deviation of intelligence, which maybe that could also be true. Also, didn't spell ever spell his name the same way twice, which is kind of weird. Maybe he figured no one else could read. And none of the times he ever spelled it was the way we spell it today. Isn't that correct? Yeah. I think, I think there are uh, six Shakespeare uh, autographs or signatures on like various legal documents. And I think maybe two of them have the same spelling, but there, there are at least five different spellings among those six, maybe six, and none of them are the Shakespeare that we're used to seeing. Some are like Shakespeare. <laughs> They're not even close. Uh, but... One thing I read about that is that a lot of times, like, that might not even be his fucking handwriting because it might have just been the handwriting of, like, a kind of, like, you know, a notary public, essentially. <laughs> it was like, oh, I'll sign for you. Whoever had power of attorney. Yeah, I'll sign for you. That's fine. Yeah, so um, I'm looking up how many words Shakespeare knew, and apparently there are 31,000 different words used in Shakespeare. I find that number impossibly high, but I guess it's true. Have no frame of reference for how many words a person knows. It's like ten to twenty thousand is what the average person would know. I think that's even pretty high. I mean, I feel like when I read these, it's rare that I don't know a word. I don't know what the fuck is he saying or what's going on. But individual words, there's not that many. I don't know the word of. Or if it is, it's because it's a fucking ancient word that nobody uses anymore. Yeah, or it's spelled weird. It's got like 11 apostrophes in it to take out syllables. Or if they just keep saying Mary all the time. Um, well, in, my, in my version of Hamlet, instead of hello, it said holla. <laughs> I'll <laughs> like, mind it too, yeah. Holla, Bern- holla for Francisco, like holla back. <laughs> <laughs> like, come here, Francisco. I'm trying to holla at you. I'm hollering at ye. But there's, uh, well, the thing about vocabulary, right? There's like your, the vocabulary that you like know and use. And then there's like a large, which whatever that, you know, number is. And then there's a larger number of the words that you can understand and recognize. You know, like words that you would never think to use on your own. But if someone uses it, you could still follow what they're saying. You, you know what it is more okay. or less. So, so the 10 is the words I would use. And I might recognize more than that, but I would never say it. It would never leap into my mind as a word I would make Don't sense forget of. that that number is much higher today than it was in Shakespeare's yeah. time. Oh, yeah. For most people. I mean, also, this is a thing, you know, when you're learning a foreign language, like if you know something like the top, uh, I want to say the top 2,000 words in a language, you know, that's like 90% of the words that get used on a daily, on a sentence by sentence basis. It's 2,000 words. <laughs> so the majority of words we use are pretty basic and everyone knows. And then you get into more specialized shit, you know, depending on your career, your field, whatever, your locality. But for Shakespeare, if he had a vocabulary, even if it's like he used every single word he he understood and didn't use any additional ones, it's like, all right, I, I know every, every word it's here and the few I made up, it's 31,000 and change. That's still higher than the average person's uh, today's, um, like they could use vocabulary so i'm you know looking and it seems like the average person say maybe their passive vocabulary is more like forty thousand, but by estimates shakespeare's might have been closer to sixty thousand, which is crazy so i don't know what to make of it i i don't think that shakespeare i mean i don't know enough about the 
the conspiracy that Shakespeare was a bunch of different dudes or women or whatever the various stories are. That just seems crazy. Like, why would that be the case? It does. Yeah. What, what's the con? Well, the con is that like, it was bother? actually different, a bunch of different writers who all just, but, but I mean, like, why? why? Yeah, why not just fucking... Why wouldn't they want credit? It's a good question. Why would the guy who wrote Hamlet be like, I, I'm going to put this under well, a different name? Maybe Got some him. of them were women, and they weren't all really allowed to. Okay. I mean, I just kind of made yeah. that up based on what Mike said just a second ago. I, I'm sure it's been thought of before, but yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible, but it just it just seems like... What's the purpose? Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's just, what, what's, what's, the, what's the goal of that? And who wouldn't want one of these, a play of this caliber published under their own name? Like, why would they hide that? I think some of the other people that get suggested are like various royals types. And maybe it was, uh, I guess, seen at the time to be beneath their station or inappropriate for them to do this kind of Have work. Have you guys heard the, the theory about the 16th Psalm in the King James Version of the Bible? Because it's it's not it's not a theory, Nate. It's a goddamn fact that Shakespeare translated that is. part. So in 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 the in the early 1600s, which was still during Shakespeare's the end of Shakespeare's lifetime, the basically the Bible was being translated into English, and it would that became known as the King James version. And in the 16th Psalm, and they do, there is no complete list of who worked on it. So the theory is maybe Shakespeare worked on it. The 16th Psalm, the 16th word from the beginning is shake, and the 16th word from the end is spear. Because God liked to shake his spear at people sometimes. It was a weird thing he did. We don't talk about it much. It was, a, it was an alpha move. <laughs> 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 well, God is the ultimate alpha male. Uh, he is the definition. alpha, and he's also the omega male. That's actually a... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was Charlton Heston. That's, that's the omega man. <laughs> Uh, he is legend. <laughs> Charlton Heston was in the Kenneth Branagh Hamlet. Was he? I thought he'd been dead for too long. Uh, he had he well he was still alive because that was definitely Charlton Heston. Do they allow guns on the Hamlet set? <laughs> did he did he have a gun in his hands while he did it? <laughs> no, pry it from his cold dead hands. <laughs> Who did he play again? Who was he played? So the the play within the play, he played the dude, oh, the king, so who, the king small, dude. A really little bit for him. Play, yeah. It's like a cameo. Well, he was also like fucking 90 years old, so. Oh, yeah. But you know what's also weird? Jack Lemon was in it. Oh, <laughs> people who were dead. Let's find actually, an even older man. <laughs> Jack Lemon actually played the guard in the beginning, the one who has the first line that says, who That's was there? That's so weird. And then uh, Robin Williams was in it. Robin Williams? Yeah, Robin Williams was in it. So was, um, uh, very briefly, Richard Attenborough, who... You know, as the, the guy who from Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park yeah. in yeah. Jurassic Park, but who's actually the director of the film Gandhi and stuff like that, and is the brother and sibling of David Attenborough, the, the naturalist, the great. Now, who is also dead now. Both Attenboroughs are dead. No, no, no. The, the old one is. Yeah, I knew he croaked because yeah. a dinosaur ate him. Um, yeah, <laughs> in the book, but not in the movie. We saw it. <laughs> Fortunate. I, I think uh, you know just a, another piece of random stupid trivia that uh, I have from my history degree. A huge percentage of the King James Bible had actually already been translated by a by one man. Uh, William Tyndale translated it all in like the 1300s, and then he was burnt at the stake for it because the church was like, no, not in English. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, he was. It's really interesting. I read a, a whole book about uh, him and how he uh, how he translated the, the Bible. It's actually it's more like the 
1400s probably, I guess. Because it wasn't, it wasn't actually that shortly but long before they... But basically, he, he's an English guy. He translated the Bible into what is essentially Middle English. So I guess it's like the early 1500s. Uh, and he, uh, his whole thing was like, no, go back to like, you know, the earlier sources whenever possible. He was basing it off of John Wycliffe, who was a guy who did it in the 1300s. William Tyndale, trans- he, he was, you know, one of those people you read about in history that's like, God damn, was that dude smart? Like, it's like sp- spoke and read all these ancient languages that, that he learned from like a book. And because there was just <laughs> the, the one that was there. yeah, <laughs> And he, it was the Bible, coincidentally. Well, then he was like, no, there's like a lot of shitty errors in the, the Vulgate Bible or whatever, or the different translations, or whatever. So he went and translated the whole whole thing for himself. And it was then like this thing that was pir- from Greek, from oh the, the 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 gospels are in Greek, yeah. The New Testament's mostly Greek, I believe, but the Old Testament's like a combination, pretty much Hebrew and Aramaic. And so he translated all this shit, and a lot of like the classic biblical lines come from William Tyndale, um, or Tyndall, depending on who you ask. And he was uh, anyway, he was ultimately like they like they executed him for doing this because it was like supposed to be some sort of grievous sin, um, because the Church probably didn't want it not in Latin, so people couldn't read themselves or some shit. Even though they were illiterate, so why? Uh, part of it had to do the theology is that you know if you turned it into another language, it lost something. Like it was no longer the word of God, essentially, which is retarded. But because I thought they didn't believe it was the word of God because it was with. originally in Greek and they put it into Latin. Yeah, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of hypocrisy. But this is not a crazy concept. Like devout yeah. Muslims believe that if you read the Quran in anything but Arabic, it's not the Quran. Yeah, it's not the real thing. It's like Don Quixote. Well, they had that whole section about how if you read something in translation, it's really not the same thing. Which is appropriate for this book that is famously written, translated into just about every language. <laughs> but anyway, so my point of where I'm getting at, well, in the long-winded, stupid way, is Tyndale, uh, it's, it's estimated that the King James Bible is like between 75 and 85% the writings, the translation of William Tyndale. Like, he wrote it. He they just took his version as the model. A generation later, when King James was like, "Go make a good Bible in English," they took his to start with. So I, it's kind of hard to imagine. You know, I mean, it'd be an amazing coincidence. Just a cameo that Shakespeare just pops in. He's like, I think I don't know if he means sword Let me do here. This one, <laughs> he's a featured artist doing one verse on the album. It says feet. Feet Shakespeare in the track list. Yeah. <laughs> exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> the start of it. Forsooth. <laughs> New mixtape forthcoming. <laughs> One fortnight, bitch. Uh, <laughs> Hamlet, they talk an awful lot about cocks. There's a lot of, it's never what you think, but the word cock appears way too many times a lot and i think that's why i didn't read it in high school i think that's why that was not an option <laughs> and i really like when they talk about the woodcock because like come on we get it you don't need to it's, it's like a double negative like why do you need to say a, it's redundant what other kind of what other kind of cock is <laughs> i mean unless i mean unless i was like it's not all the time <laughs> that was shakespeare the shakespeare's term for erection <laughs> ah for <laughs> i me thinks a woodcock he possesses yeah the shakespeare uh conspiracy theories are cool and all i don't know enough to like really have a opinion other than if the general consensus is that it's one dude and i can't see a real reason why not i'm i'm inclined to to believe that it's it's just one 
one fucking lame dude who stole every story, by the way. Like, he has, like, no original plots anyway. Great artist steal. Well, Shakespeare. That's why he's the great... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but actually, when you look at the, the image of that, it's a great artist steal, and it says, like, some other Michael guy Scott. crossed out Shakespeare. <laughs> so, it seems like we all agree. I want, I'm going to refine what I said about don't read it, watch oh. the thing. I'm going to say if you've never experienced one in any form, don't read it first, especially if you're not like someone who's really into this or has an English degree. English degree. If you're just a regular person who's like, you know, I've never seen Hamlet. Maybe I'll read it first. Like, don't do it that way. No. If you want to get more out of it, sure, read it afterwards. But if you're just a regular person, it's, you're not going to get anything out of it. You can mostly be confused about what's going on. Like this one, I honestly, I got like, I want to say 60% of it, but then I watched the movie and I got a lot more of it. I mean, part of that is director's choices is how they choose to do it. Like in the one I saw at the end when Gertrude drinks the poison, they hint that she kind of knows what's going to happen. Like she looks suspicious and she does it to protect Hamlet from doing it. She takes it on herself. And also... Mm. They switch up that um, he switches the swords and accidentally gets hit. Like he knows, like uh, they're in between rounds, and Laertes just slashes him like a little bitch. And Hamlet's like, "What the fuck, dude?" Hmm. And he grabs it, and he like they fight, and he grabs the sword, he looks at it, and he's like, "There's this is fucked up." So he he pokes him with it. Also, he's like, "I got you." He's like, "Ah, now we're both gonna die." But they're hint, and it's also they find him. uh, He's in the hallways, creeping a lot while people are talking about him. Like, so he's overhearing them a lot, talking about how he's losing his mind, and he's kind of playing into it. So, but that's just this version. Other versions are probably different, like the Kenneth Branagh one. I don't know how they did that. So stuff like that, it could be anything. But if you just read it, you're not going to get it. Well, some of the stuff you're describing there is the stuff that makes scholars really interested in the play, is you know, how to interpret the actions of the characters and... You know, Nate said earlier, uh, kind of hinted at earlier, like, is the ghost real? Is like one of the big questions about Hamlet. Or, you know, there's all these questions that people have. I mean, the other guys saw it. I mean, his mother doesn't see it later, but the other guys are like, dude, there's a ghost. Come see it. Yeah, yeah. Dad. totally. But later on. Uh, but can you believe what the ghost says? I mean, it's a ghost. Is, is, is this a thing that you could rely on? As much as anything else, and then later on, when he's with Gertrude, right, and she doesn't see it, but he does. But he's also pretending to be crazy at the time. So, like, what does that mean? Right? I think yeah, yeah, I don't know. And then, and then it's like my my uncle killed my father, but if I go and kill him, what does that make me? It's that like you know, it's that moral gray. It, it's a more it's a moral gray area that the whole play exists in, which makes it complex. And nuanced. Well, the one I saw was just in black and white. (laughs) (laughs) Which, ironically, black and white uh, movies are really just lots of shades of gray. So, that's true also. Go full circle. Full circle uh, jerk, really. uh, Because... That's most Shakespeare discussions. I I, I just... uh, I think... I think... uh, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong here. We're not saying you shouldn't read it. But we're saying... The best way to like get something out of it, if you're gonna try to experience it on your own, is to go watch it first. And if you really, there's there is more to get out of it from reading it, but you're not gonna understand it or appreciate it probably the most by doing it that way. Is that fair to say? Yeah. If you just go and dry, 
you're not going to there's what what I figured out by the end of all this is that you know such a huge part of reading a book is that it's not just dialogue there's the, the author is telling you what's going on and in this there's none of that so you lose out on 75% of the action like in this there was a sword fight and it was like five lines of just like hit one gotcha and it's like well I'm supposed to like what am I supposed to get out of that so stuff like that it's it's hard it's, it makes it impossible to follow if you don't at least have a picture in your head slightly of what could be going on you read this in high school, Nate? You read Hamlet? Like his most difficult and complex and interesting play was in high school? So when I was in 11th grade and was in a class called English Literature, one of the things we, the professor had us read was, was, um, was Hamlet. And when I was in 9th grade, we did, Julius, we did Romeo and Juliet, and we did Julius Caesar, and then in 11th grade, we did Hamlet. And, and I think we did the whole thing, or at least... It felt like the longest thing I had ever read at that time, even though it was just like this many pages in a textbook. So, and I, probably we didn't read the whole thing. We probably read just parts of, you know, Act 3 or, or something like that. And the professor, and at that age, the, uh, the professor, I mean, not the professor, because it was just a, just a fucking high school teacher, was saying, you know, oh, well, it gets into a really morally gray area and the whole thing is you don't really know what and i remember thinking oh okay except i don't know what's going on here i really just don't like i really don't get even the basic plot because i'm sure i had just like tried to skim it the night before and it took (laughs) way longer than i thought it was going to be thought it was going to because it's just you know it's shakespeare so I just like seriously not getting it at all at that time. So that's the end of Shakespeare for this month and for us probably forever, unless we decide to do another one I, randomly. I don't want to do for another some month. reason that I can't think of, but we're not doing another month. No, but maybe we'll do another one off. But it's not coming out with any new ones, so <laughs> it's unlikely. So unless it's like really like someone makes a movie out of one we haven't done, maybe we'll be you know forced to do it but i don't see us doing one of these for at least a long time because we did a lot it's been four years we haven't done none now we did all the ones we need to do most yeah or do you feel like better people having done this i i didn't know anything about much to do about nothing so i can only yeah. say i can at least say oh i learned a new one yeah I, the only one i really knew was um midsummer night's dream and Julius Caesar, and not even, I didn't remember most of Caesar, though there wasn't much happening in that one. I do feel like I learned something this month, mostly from watching the movies, but, you know, as part of the, you know, cultural world we live in, it doesn't hurt to know a passing amount of Shakespeare. Do you need to? No, but it doesn't hurt. I was hoping to feel smarter and (laughs) more cultured after reading them, because... It's it's such a standard part of, you know, the, the canon, yeah. And, I mean, you can't get an English degree without, one, giving up on never making money, and, two, taking a class <laughs> in Shakespeare. <laughs> so That's uh, for sure. You know, like, to both those things. <laughs> so, I, you know, not that I ever had aspirations to have an English degree, but it's like, oh, I like books. I should know this. And then I'm like, uh, I, I, I don't know. 
maybe I would have been better off if I took it as a class and like I tried really hard and the professor walked me through it. And but even so, like there's so much goddamn Shakespeare. There's like what, close to forty plays and you know poems. the plays the thing. And there's all the fucking stuff. That's in this book. I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> fucking, I was trying to ignore it. I was going to let it go because I don't want to encourage you. I don't want to encourage you. This one did have a lot of one-liners. They're like, oh, that's that's from really this. Really famous one-liners, yeah. And and that's cool and all. But I, and, I, and I do appreciate that when I'm like, oh, you know who made that word up? Or you know what that phrase is originally from? Like, I like that kind of shit. But I just don't like to work this hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the idea like I have to read a description of something to know the plot and then read the spark and notes. And still be confused. Yeah, and then read the spark notes for each act as I read the act. That's a lot. Like, that's too much. I, I think that also reading the play and watching the movie afterwards collectively is less time spent reading a whole other book sometimes. Because they're not yeah. slow reads, but they're fast. You could... They, they, this is not a book you spend multiple days reading unless you really space it out because it's hard to read. But they're not long because they're meant to be, you know, three hours long in a play. Yeah, it's something like it took about an hour and 40 minutes or so to read it. Yeah, you you, learn, you skim through it and you're like, I'm not going to get that. I'll just figure it out later when I watch the movie. Though I was real sad that they cut out Rosencrantz and Guildenstern from the one I watched because they had my favorite exchange with Hamlet in the whole thing, which was like, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, like, hey... How are you guys doing? How happy are you? Are you living on Fortune's boobs? And they're like, nope, living in her vagina. And he's like, that's great. And they use it in more Shakespearean language, but that's what they said. It was really weird. Did you guys see that part? What? I don't remember. No, I missed that. I guess I was gonna, skimming I'm, I'm gonna, that. I'm going to find it because it's, it's bizarre. It's like, are they saying what, they, what I think they're saying? I think, uh, well, we never even talked about what happened to them. Don't they fucking, they die, right? Oh, yeah, they that's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead is the title thing because Fortinbras comes in and he's like, oh, yeah, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. And he's like, oh, okay. But that's because like Hamlet somehow pulled some shit to get them killed. Right? Well, he, he, he like juked them when he, went, when he came back from England. Yeah. Here's the exchange. Um, My excellent good friends, how dost thou, Guildenstern? Oh, Rosencrantz, good lads, how do ye both? Rosencrantz says... As the indifferent children of the earth, Gildenstern says, happy in that we are not over-happy. On fortune's cap, we are not the very button. Hamlet says, nor the soles of her shoe. Rosencrantz says, neither, my lord. Hamlet says, then you live above about her waist or in the middle of her favors. <laughs> Gildenstern says, faith, her privates we. Hamlet says, in the secret parts of fortune, oh, most true, she is a strumpet. <laughs> <laughs> Which means whore, right? So. Yeah. It's like that hussy bitch living in Fortune's puss. <laughs> it's like that's a that's a weird exchange. <laughs> that was one of the jokes for the common people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe when they were like they were like oh, oh they the got to throw in a few laughs. You got to be such asked. a downer. There needs to be some comedic relief. I will say that this play, I'm grateful for it because it led to the existence of one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Hamlet. Hamlet two. Oh my god, what a ridiculous movie. <laughs> Nate, I assume you haven't seen this movie. He's he has a tattoo of it. I've heard of this. Oh, all right. It's, it's a movie in which a out of work actor teaching drama in Tucson, Arizona, has to teach his new class full of kids who have just arrived because all the other electives got canceled because of budget cuts, and so he writes his own play, which is Hamlet Two, where Jesus and Hamlet go back in time with a time machine to undo everything because Hamlet was such a downer. Now that you've described it, 
I have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, right? I was like, oh, this sounds familiar. <laughs> oh, wait, no. No, I've seen that. It's yeah. a brilliant movie. I'm not sure I paid attention oh, to it's, it. It's worth seeing again then, because it's one of my favorites. The thing it's I, a masterpiece. I remember most about it was what the kid puts down on the attendance. His name is last name Jablomi, first name Haywood. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like calls the kid Haywood for like the next twenty minutes. For the whole movie. <laughs> and, and and he's also like talking to the parents who are like college professors or something, but they're you know like Latin American, so he's clearly assuming that they're like, you know, grape pickers. And he's just like <laughs> Yes, and they're like, I don't know what you when I was at teaching at MIT, this wasn't an issue. He's like, Oh, huh. And it's like, Well, anyway, your son Haywood is like, Why do you keep saying Haywood? Like, your son, Haywood Jablomi. He's like, Oh, I hear it now. This <laughs> 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 is so fucking dumb. So we're not gonna do Shakespeare again anytime soon, unless you really want us to, but I guess tell us what you think. Please don't. Yeah, please don't. Uh, send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you've listened this long, head on over to where if you're listening and leave us a review, please. Just, you know, a five star review and, and a nice comment or two. And if you don't want to do it, um, drink a cup of wine that's left out by Claudius first. <laughs> uh, and, and then do a duel with uh, Laertes. And then leave that shitty review. Or if you really want to support the podcast, Head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club and help us out there. Throw us some ducats. <laughs> ducats? Mad ducats, yo. <laughs> and check us out on Goodreads and be our friend and join our group and talk about books with other people who also like books and us. So you have two things in common. Get thee to a brewery. <laughs> and check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.